This episode of Super Legit is brought to you by Poorly Edited Out Air Conditioners, the upcoming Half-Life 3 Portal 3 crossover game, and the new pop-up novelization of Cinema Paradiso. Another episode of the Super Legit Podcast! Fanfare, excitement, loud noises, fireworks, too many fireworks. Yeah, when do the fireworks Uh, stop? When do those stop? Never. Never. (laughs) It's it's just, I mean, if you're, I don't know about the rest of the country or perhaps the world. I know July 4th is, of course, uh, an American holiday, but uh, America took over everything everywhere and everybody loves America and uh, wants it as to be a part of their lives no matter where they are in the world. Um, it's that, so they, that lovely foreign policy we have that everybody yes. dearly loves. Yes, everybody is an extended American except for the people here who we don't want to take care of. I know we're I know we're doing a bit, but the Are true we? part is, I guess not. But in Silmar, not only do we like fireworks during the day, but like I live in an apartment complex, and we're just doing it off our like front patios. It does not matter, like. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's and that's specifically because, as I was going to say, I don't know what it's like you know, in the rest of the country, but in California and Los Angeles area, it's just for months surrounding July 4th. It's just all, all every night. Uh, sometimes it's just randomly you'll hear one just yeah. I'm assuming it's a firework because that makes me feel more comfortable than what it could be. A gunshot. Yeah. 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 Or just, you know, incendiary weaponry in general, some sort sure. of a, a homemade uh, bomb. Uh, which I'm sure that's a great of in the area. That's a great improv team name. Incendiary weaponry. Mm-hmm. They do like the improvised movie. Yeah. Oh, I, I, that goes on our list of uh, future team names. Thank you. Absolutely. Buddy. Yeah. So, uh, all right. <laughs> We've already uh, lost one team member for tonight. <laughs> uh, but uh, we, we are unfortunately down a few people. Uh, Steven C. James is still out of town. We don't have an Ali Mar for the evening. And, Amazingly, Michael Hyman has missed his second episode ever. We're soon going to have to stop being surprised that Michael Hyman isn't in an episode, and uh, I'm not sure I'm ready for that. I told you not to feed him compliments after midnight. This is what happens. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Was, no, he wasn't thought he could get away with just it. Just the last episode was the first episode he'd ever missed, and now he's yeah. at the two in a row. Yeah. Is this he likes sl- new streaks. Yeah, he likes new streaks. What is it a streak or a slump? Streaks? I'm not sure. <laughs> oh. this, he has fallen off the wagon in his addiction to not being here. Uh, <laughs> wait. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, if we, if we uh, again, if we're not doing bits, uh, I hope that's not my thing for the night instead of let me ask you this. Uh, I do have an update for Michael Hyman, though. He's in the Sequoias right now Ooh. checking out new campsites for the kiddos, which all sounds fun and good. But, like, it's there's apparently a lot of bugs, so, like, nobody wants to move, and there's no water, so it's hard to, it's hard to do anything with no water. Wow. I, so I can't disagree with you. a hell of a time. We've got Phoenix. We have Las Vegas. Um, do people yeah. don't need water. It's fine. Yeah. And uh, I was speaking of bits. Um, <laughs> you know, like, I, since we're Always. not doing bits. Uh, or no, never. We're, we're doing bits. Dude, when someone like tells you something, like most of my friends are comedians or writers mm-hmm. or just uh, general goofballs, and uh, when somebody tells me something, I assume it's a bit, and I'm waiting sure. for the punchline. They've just told me some yeah. horrible news, and I'm like, I, I, 
I don't get it. Yeah. And uh, they're like, well, that's not a bit. And then I'm like, oh, yes, you're a real human being that can express her feelings. Mm. Without, I wonder yeah. I wonder if that has anything to do with why sometimes, uh, you know, and I know other people have this problem, too. Like when I'm delivering bad news, sometimes I start to smirk and crack up. <laughs> And like, it's awful and I hate it. It's like, uh, it's, it's that desperate desire internally to break tension with comedy. And it's like, no, this can't, this can't actually be bad. There has to be a funny twist to whatever's coming up. This must be dark humor. The fact that I'm about to tell you some terrible thing about your family member or whatever, it's got to be dark humor, right? Well, and, and nothing is funnier than at the worst possible moment because all of comedy is describing the worst possible moment. Yes. Uh, yes. Like when, when my uncle died when I was a kid, uh, he lived in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. As we went to the funeral and getting, you know, it's in a cemetery, but it's in up in the mountains of Tennessee. So it's like a like major slope. Right. <clears throat> That's on in like all burials. Instead of just using the grass that God gave you, they have that astroturf spread around the, uh, the actual burial site. Okay. And so my sister and I are sitting in metal folding chairs uh, on AstroTurf that's been there since the last night. So it's covered with dew. Uh, and we are sitting there. The priest is standing over my uncle's body, uh, praying. And all of a sudden, I move a quarter inch forward. Uh, oh, boy. And then another quarter inch forward. And by forward, I mean, of course, downhill. Uh, I put my hand on my sister's leg to stop myself from sliding forward. And we both moved two inches forward. Uh, and we're just like wearing church shoes. So they have no tread whatsoever. They're like frictionless Kevlar shoes that we're trying to stop ourselves with. And I have this vision of everyone at this funeral just tumbling down <laughs> this hill, like some just get, bam, just get knocking into tombstones, and good thing you're here. Uh, and like, and I am about to fucking lose it. And so I fake cried so hard <laughs> to not wow. burst out laughing in the middle of that funeral, because that's, that's what comedy is, is the worst possible thing at the worst possible moment. Yep. You know, I, I learned it, it's it's not the same thing, but it, it was church, so it's it's mass, so it was like kind of bad. But um, as a server, like a you know altar boy and altar server, um, oh, you know you're up there with two other altar servers, and uh, it was so easy to elicit a laugh from them because you're supposed to be like paying attention and pious and and focused and solemn. And it was, I, that's when I was like, oh my God, that was when I worked out some of my best bits because the audience <laughs> was not allowed to laugh. And so they were dying the whole time. Uh, uh, I should have, I should have worked the funeral circuit now that I realized that too. Uh. <laughs> well, I'm so glad we're, we're sharing this type of stuff. It was, uh, I think it was about a, a year and a half ago that my grandfather had passed away. And uh, like the day before the funeral, um, everybody's kind of arguing with each other about who gets to say what part during the procession and who gets the eulogy when and who reads, recites this, you know, heavily Catholic family. So there's like 20 different prayers. And um, I wasn't at that meeting, but my mom was like, Josh is there. He's the first grandson. He needs to say a prayer. So like, I wasn't aware of this until like two minutes before the funeral. Oh yeah. Hey, you're saying this processional prayer. Oh, okay. So uh, they hand me a sheet. I go up. There's like 60 people huge church and i just i read the prayer straight through like how it shows on the paper 
and then uh, as I'm reading it, the uh, the uh, the the father of the church comes up to me and uh, puts his hand on my shoulder. He goes, "You're doing it wrong," and he kind of just nudges me out of the way of the microphone, and he does the prayer, and like the audience does like this perfect call and response, just like it never happened. So I just kind of slinked off to the edge and let the uh, let the let the father have his moment, like he should have during my grandfather's funeral. Super. Now, uh, <clears throat> the bride uh, has just given her vows. Uh, now it's time <laughs> for the groom to give his vows as well. Uh, I believe you have something prepared that you wanted to say. So uh, go right ahead. This is this is the moment where you... <coughs> okay. Yeah, sorry. <coughs> sorry, I was just... Uh, just finishing that uh, value meal uh, from Wendy's. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, she just knows that I preferred them uh, because, you know, always fresh, never frozen. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, and I like my meals to have sides. Uh, I mean, distinguishable sides. Like, yes, I enjoy an extra item of food on the side. But hey, uh, Bill. Wendy's I, I, square I, burgers. I, Bill, so I, I, I know this that. isn't my part of the ceremony. In fact, I don't have a part of the ceremony as the uh, father of the bride. But is this is this your actual? Are these your vows? Yes. Oh God, I right, no! I went right into them. It, I, I thought it was a pretty smooth transition. You didn't. I mean, I've, clearly, case in point, right? You came up because you didn't know, right? These Let were my me, vows. Listen, or if this was just. Something I usually do. Um, I mean, not like I haven't done this, right, babe? But yeah, let me just say she's uh, got her mouth full too. So just you're, you're doing this absolutely wrong. It could not be more wrong. Okay, honey. Okay, Dad, are are yes, these part yes. of the vows? No, is princess. Th- is this conversation part of the vow, princess? No, I'm not part of this. I'm no, no, princess. I am looking out for you. Remember what I told you about him when we first, when you first started I'm, dating? I'm sorry. I did warn everybody ahead of time to please <laughs> turn off their phones Dad. before the ceremony. This was, this was a specific <laughs> warning explosion. I gave. You know uh, what, Dad? People who live in glass houses should turn off their phones. You know what? You, you're absolutely... I'm going to go and sit back down in uh, the audience, and uh, I apologize if this is the way the kids do things today and they talk about their Wendy's orders, you know, so be it. Love is love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is reading off the thing you just ordered at Wendy's. I don't, damn it, I'm paying for this too. Shit. No, 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 don't, don't go anywhere. Check this out. I mean, I have them written down uh, too. Look, read the last four sentences. The, ba- the back of your receipt? You want me to read the back of your receipt from Wendy's? Yeah, it's uh, the vows written down. I think you'll find it interesting uh, the words that just came out of your mouth. Look right here. Oh my, that's like a magic trick. How did you yeah. know that? Yeah, I, I knew you were going to say these things. Look, I I love... That is amazing. Yeah, I love this woman. And I know you're paying for it. And I knew that this was going to happen. All right? So I wrote you into the vows as well. I so what am- would you like to say to my soon-to-be wife? about how much I love her and how I'm happy to be here. Number one, um, I have been wrong about you the whole time. 
the entire time. You will make an excellent steps son-in-law. I'm I'm new to the whole extending the family. You're going to make an excellent son-in-law because of the fact that you love my daughter so much and you're slightly omniscient or you at least can see what someone's going to say in the future. Um, I am not given to cursing. I'm surprised you actually got the uh, obscenity on there as well. Um, Mind-blowing. But I know that you will both be so happy with each other because you are on the same wavelength. You both ordered the number four. I mean, it couldn't be more... Perfect. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I got to stop you right there. You're doing this all wrong. What? Yeah. Uh, the second you started talking about our Wendy's orders, yeah, I mean, you lost me. Like, we love each other. I mean, mm-hmm. everything about each other. But what does our Wendy's order have to do with anything? You know, this is the reason millennials can't afford houses. You guys are so damn hard to figure <laughs> out. Legit. So, I... Do uh, you have a question I, of the day? <laughs> I, uh, I do have a question for you guys this week, uh, as, as always. Um, I, I get the biggie bag myself. Oh, no, sorry. Okay. All right. No, that's next week's question. <laughs> uh, what's, what's your comfort art? Um, we're talking about in any sort of uh, entertainment medium, you know, your books, movies, games, whatever it is, uh, what's the thing that instead of consuming something new, you go back to to reread or rewatch or replay or whatever mm. to to give you that comfort um, that that you don't get from from forcing yourself to 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 absorb and, and have to process something new? What do you just keep going back? Yeah, you know, as an example, um for video games, I've played the Portal games uh, more times than I can count at this point because mm-hmm. I just, even though I don't remember how to beat the puzzles, so I do have to like actually work to remember them. They just they they make me feel happy and comfortable, and I know it's such a satisfying experience from beginning to end. That if I've got nothing else that uh, I'm willing to process. I'll just I'll go play a portal game, and especially if I get a new computer that can handle it. It's like, great. Now, let's see how this new this portal game plays on this better monitor or this better graphics card. And oh, uh-huh. gee, I just spent five hours playing through all of it. <laughs> who's uh, who's who's got something? Uh, I think I think for me, Josh and Spence, think, and I think it applies to <laughs> a lot of. Uh, yes, it is. It is. I, Josh Spence. Uh, I think it applies to a lot of guitarists as well. I think the, the comfort art aspect isn't necessarily the the guitar i think it's the the song that you play the most like you you put on you put on the guitar you plug it into the amp you dial up the right tone so it sounds the way you want it it's like the first song or two that you play to warm up that's generally the song that puts you in the in the mood gets the vibe right that kind of gets you ready to go uh for me that song i always play is everlong by the foo fighters it's uh it's it's my favorite song since the first time I've heard it. It's still my favorite song. It's a song I've probably played the most. Um, what I find funny though is when I go to a, like a guitar center, um, you can also hear everybody else's comfort art, and you can hear you can tell like how old or how young of a guitar player they are based on that comfort art. Like if uh, I hear somebody playing like the Enter Sandman riff by Metallica, it's like mm-hmm. oh, okay, we're the same age. But then, like, in the deep corners where, like, 
they don't want to be seen. You'll hear like some deep purple, like it's like, oh, okay, cool, cool. That's also somebody who started on Guitar Hero. Right. <laughs> there you go. Yesterday. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, uh, it's it's kids it's for ages 8 to 80, I guess. So that's how that works. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I think uh I I in a lot of things, I know when you're doing say accent work or you're doing uh uh impersonations of a character or you're you're going back like if you're a voice artist and you've got a cartoon character that you do uh, it's common to have that entry line, that thing that like you, sure. you have to say that one thing and it puts you into, oh, that's right. That's what this character sounds like. Well, I guess to differentiate then, if because you have a, you have a great point there, uh, that, that smoke on the water riff, the 80-year-old guy who's been doing it forever can do the chord progression great. The guitar hero guy goes, bah, bah. wait a minute. Bah, bah. No, I almost got it. Hold, yep. on. Hold on. Bah, no, shit. Bah, bah, bah. You hear? Bah, uh, God damn it. Yeah, but that's <laughs> so. that that guy or that person is the same person uh, yes. with any task or skill that is certainly one that's perishable. It's like the dude that takes one Brazilian jiu-jitsu or taekwondo class uh-huh. or that even joins the military and then their friends back home think you were in the military. Therefore, you know how to kill people in so many crazy ways. And you can probably kill me with your pinky. Right. Uh, but then get them to be like, show us, show us something. So you're like, okay, go ahead, throw a punch at me. And then you do They're like, no, 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 not, not that fast. No, not with that arm. No, 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 no. Slow it down again. Yeah. Yeah. No, I wasn't ready. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It sounds specific. Yeah, I, it, it, I, I think though, like especially with what you're talking about, Josh, about that that guy who keeps you know fucking it up and trying again and trying again and trying again. Um, I'm just so impressed by those people. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it it brought me. I, I it's a more recent revelation in my failures? life to. You're well impressed the by people failures? who keep trying despite that. You like you watch skateboarders. This is such a thing among skateboarders oh, yeah. where you'll watch them just injure the fuck out of themselves over and over again. They will make that jump and fall down the stairs. And then they go back up to the top of the stairs and they try the jump again and fall all the way down the stairs. And, and I know from a certain angle, there's people who look at that and go, wow, how fucking stupid is that person? Uh But I'm the one who keeps watching that knowing. Yeah. But then if I watch this, like this video montage online after 10 minutes of that, that guy gets the nail, the trick flawlessly. Right. And I can't do that. Because I will fall down that first time and I will be the quote unquote smart person and go, guess I can't do that. I'll never do that again. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a third type of person, which is the type of person who once dislocated their shoulder while tying their shoes. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> who who says, if, if I even watched that, I would never <laughs> walk again. Yeah. Well, l- let me ask you this, uh, Mr. Coffin. I uh, thought you were doing about- that one this episode. Yeah. Well, no, uh, I mean, if we're, if we're doing bits. Um, yeah. <laughs> What what's like the opposite of comfort art, and the reason I ask that is it's so funny that you mentioned the skateboarding thing. Like uh, a guy I work with, he he got his kid into skateboarding, so he practices the same couple of tricks to get warmed up. And like if and the kid's like sick, so if like he he eats it, he just pops right back up like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. But my buddy Nick, like he's like, oh, I don't want to do those tricks anymore. I know how it feels to fall down, and like uh, I'm not about it, <laughs> you know. 
You know what the opposite of comfort art is? Yeah. That's improv. What... Oh. For me. Really? Because it is okay. the antithesis of exactly what I'm describing here. And it, it just crossed my mind when you were asking that. And I suddenly realized it because, yeah, the standard for me is if I don't know what I'm doing and I don't know how it works and I could fail at it, I just won't bother. Um, and improv, I reached this point where, you know, early on in the process, I was so scared of various unknowns to get on stage at all was scary to get on stage with people I've never played with before was scary to get on stage with people who I looked up to as improvisers and was, was wowed by was scary to mm-hmm. get on stage with people who were brand new and not yet good at improvising and would make the whole thing very difficult was scary. And then I reached a point where I thrived on all of those things. And I loved playing with any combination of people. I loved playing with people who were quote unquote, not, good at improv. I was going to say terrible at improv and I realized it was bad. That's the only reason I started to say quote unquote. Um, But yeah, people who just plain weren't good at it yet and people who were a thousand times better than me. And all of that was fun and all of that was an amazing experience and all of it is unknown and I don't know what's going to happen and I could fail miserably and uh, it's thrilling. And that probably is the opposite of that comfort art. Yeah, and The the good thing about improv is like the good thing about uh, playing music or, or whatever, which is like you, you play that wrong note and then the vibration just goes off in the air and disappears and it's gone. Like yeah. you can never fail in that scene again. And so doing improv is like the worst improv show in the world is like, and now I will never have to do that again. <laughs> also watching that vibration in the sky move further and further away. There's there's a beauty to that to just you sound like the that... deep purple guy right now. I mean, yeah. I'm understanding. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but but it is and and this, especially if you're if you're decent enough at it, whether it's music or improv or I imagine, you know, I guess this applies to so many things, painting, for example. If you make a mistake, you're the only one who necessarily knows you made the mistake, depending on what you're doing. Like if you're playing a classic, you uh, a classic track that, that everybody knows by their hearts and you play the wrong note, it's obvious. And there's certainly times where it can be obvious. But the beauty is if you're any good at it and you played the wrong note, you can turn the wrong note into the right note with what note you play after it and how you move on from that. And that speaks to improv. Absolutely. That speaks to if you're painting something and you make the wrong brush stroke. Well, now it's something else. Uh, and, and so that's, that's the power of those things is if you are confident in what you're doing, the mistakes don't have to be mistakes. Well, but mistakes are also part of success. Yes. Uh, I think people forget how, um, the, the people that are the best at the thing they do, like professional athletes, the absolute best, uh, hitter in baseball is only successful 30 Mm -hmm. to 35% of the time. Mm -hmm. And that's a rarity. I mean, most people it's like 25% and that, but that's true for, I mean, all sports or or any huge skill, right? Like skateboarding, all those failures are what lead to the success, right? Like you said, you got to have the courage to, uh, to get past the idea of like, well, I couldn't do it once. So never going to be able to do that. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll go play my comfort. You guys are making me feel so much better about being on my sixth marriage. I really (laughs) appreciate the support. Thanks, guys. This is how you get this one right. Or maybe the next one. Uh, Who's uh, who's got another uh, another comfort thing? uh, You know, 
you know, yeah. this is such an interesting question because I was like, I don't really go back to the same thing often. But you know what the thing I I'm one of those guys that there's certain things if I'm just tooling around on stations, if something comes up, I'm like, oh, I'm settling in on this. Like um like No Country for Old Men. I've mm-hmm. seen it like at least a dozen times. But if it's on, I will watch it. I won't seek it out, but if I'm flipping around it's on, I will sure. watch it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the Italian job or Back to the Future Shawshank or a few Redemption. other things like that. Shawshank. Yeah, yeah. The other, uh, you know, last weekend uh, or a couple weekends ago when it was the 4th of July, um, there was the Rod White and Blue on one of the stations, uh-huh. uh, Rod Serling, and it was uh-huh. all the Twilight Zones. And I've seen them all. Yeah. I know them all by heart. I yes. watched them and I, I love them. And some of that, I think, is because I do know them that it it – I'm looking for something new. And I, you know, as a guy that was an English major, I wish it was literature I could tell you about that I would go back to all the time. <laughs> but the last thing I think I read actually was Cinema Paradiso. Um, oh, well, because it, when I say I read it, I, I'm talking about the subtitles of the Italian version of it. Yes. Um, Mine was a picture book, so we're good. Okay, good. <laughs> I, you know, and like even like the monologues I do just for practice and rehearsal, mm-hmm. like the monologues you outgrow because you're, you know, you're 10 years outside of that now. And you go back to them and reread them. I still I enjoy that as well. But I, I don't I don't know that I have one thing that I go back to. But I do have that. I do find comfort in re-experiencing something I am familiar with. But it's not one thing. Yeah. Yeah. No. But that makes that makes sense. And yeah, I think oftentimes it is just falling into it uh, exactly as you described. It's uh, yeah. I, I can't I can't count how often. The right thing comes on at the right time because I don't watch live television anymore. But I, I certainly it was one of those things where when I did and uh, I think its main value was just stumbling into something I recognized. And it's like, you know, oh, no, I can do this. And, yeah, I said the Italian job that that one always comes up anytime that's on anywhere, like in a restaurant or whatever. I'm just like, no, I'm just going to watch this. Forget you guys. As I, I've had that with the with a few things where I've watched them so much that I don't feel like I'm needed to watch them anymore. Uh, <laughs> yes. Like the experience yeah. is still going on. Like the Simpsons. Uh, uh-huh. yeah. Like I, I have seen the, like first 13 seasons of the Simpsons so much that like, I don't need to watch them anymore because they're sort of always running in my head. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when Pulp Fiction came out, uh, I had one of the world's shittiest jobs in that I was working on the assembly line at a vegetable processing factory, um, uh, which, which is a great way to appreciate any other job. <laughs> um, but the, at the dollar theater in the town that I was living in had Pulp Fiction. And so yeah. I would get off this like mind bogglingly terrible shitty job where my nickname was the other white guy. Um, and the guy who was the white guy was a guy named Kevin. He was just there till his sentencing. Um, but Kevin was also a neo-Nazi, uh, which is hard enough when he was the white guy, right? Way worse when there was another white guy for him to what he thought was whisper to me with. But so after leaving this like nightmarish reality every day and just like exhausted, uh, I would go drop one dollar on the counter and i saw pulp fiction 21 times uh over the summer uh and it's a great movie and i have no desire to watch it again because i don't need to yes i think you get that you can find similar pleasures like that at any 
dollar movie theater because as we've talked about before i too have also worked at a dollar movie theater the dollar i spent was on marvel versus capcom and uh yeah i beat the same and it was the same thing because the the video game is designed to eat quarters so Mm -hmm. like the first guy you defeat no problem perfect the second guy is just like a twinge harder the third guy is just a twinge harder after that fourth guy Boom, you're done. Game over. Just takes your money. So, like, I know for, like, that 10 minutes, I can just zone out and just appreciate the video game for what it is. Because come level four guy, he's hadouking my ass to Game Overville. So. <laughs> hadouking my ass to yeah, Game yeah. Overville I'm trying to come up with a title this, for the episode. Yeah. I'm game Overville. I, Jimmy Buffett Population already has us on that Josh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm just more I'm I've just had it stuck in my head of what the inside of a vegetable uh what what uh, did you say a, a vegetable processing plant so vegetable a- I'm 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 imagining vegetable <laughs> there it is super Gary I can't take this anymore I can't I've put too many tops of broccoli onto the stems. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. You are an essential worker, all right? Look, I can't understand anything you're saying through that mask. Without us, this world would fall apart, all right? We, we, you and I, we are the thin, green, orange, yellow, occasionally purple line that separates that world from anarchy, all right? You're, okay, yeah. I mean, what would what would people do... If they could only get broccoli as just stems or just florets. Right. Do you you know what people would do if they saw the fucking box of Legos that's what their organic food really is? Wow. Wow. We are sitting on a powder keg. All that time in tomato assembly to work my way up to broccoli assembly. Yeah. And And you know what? It is a promotion. yeah, it is quite a promotion. After this, we get to go to carrots, yeah. and that's just stacking. I, you, you know, you know, I, cut to carrots. Uh, which order does uh, what do they go in? It's green, and green, and green, and then a little bit of orange. I'm so confused. It goes once again, Philip. Orange, uh huh. Slightly larger orange. Uh-huh. Slightly larger orange. Okay. Slightly larger orange. All right. Slightly larger orange. With you so Slightly far. larger orange. Uh-huh. I got Slightly larger orange. Yeah. Slightly larger orange. Okay. Slightly larger orange. Yeah. Slightly larger orange. Gotcha. Slightly larger orange. Hold up. Hold up. Hold on. You're moving too Cut back. Yeah, you know, I don't know if I, if I really want to, you know, take the step. I feel like carrots are a lateral move for me. I, You've never seen the kind of shit they deal with, and, and, and they're carrots? not even the top. Really? Oh no, they're not even the top, man. Right? Like it's it's tomatoes, rock bottom. Trust me. Us, kind of broccoli florets. Yeah, nobody uh, eats it. And then yeah. and then it's eggplant, and then uh, and then and then from there it is. Then then you get into the weird shit. All right, broccolini. Uh, broccoli Rob, there's a lot of broccoli. Cut to onion processing. Uh, so, uh, so it's it's the, the the little one, and then another layer around 
the little one, and then is it just a space after that, or what do you do after the the, the second layer? Man, I'm gonna have to send your ass back down to peas. Legit. <laughs> That is, I, to honest, I, I, tomato tomato number one was the name of the warehouse I, I worked at, <laughs> and that, they, like this is this is what it taught me about the working world was I'm on an assembly line right so it's a big, mm-hmm. big conveyor belt running by it used to be my job was to move my body thirty degrees uh, for thirteen hours a day taking things off of a pallet and setting them on a uh, yeah. on an assembly line but Been one day somebody was sick and so I got pushed up on the line and what would happen was. There's a, this is really hard to convey uh, on a podcast, um, but the, Are you, the conveyor wait, belt you is in really front of me. just use I, convey when you're about to talk about a conveyor belt situation? <laughs> well, I'm talking about a belt that is able to get things across better than I am. Um, uh, <laughs> no, this but is our it, submission for a Peabody Award, guys. There's a conveyor belt, and then there's like a six-inch drop. So now I'm right before the six-inch drop. So my job is when the tomatoes come to me is to turn them so that they're all face up. And then a second later, there's a six inch drop and they fall down the drop. And because they are round and there is physics, they just roll in any possible direction. Great. Yeah. And the futility of that job was what got me ready for adulthood. I was going to say, yeah, that just describes life. Also, I want to circle back for a minute because I want to ma- I want to clarify something. You said uh, you said you were in tomato one, tomato number one. Yeah, tomato number one. Now, I want to I want to know how the hierarchy of the numbers works, because uh, does that mean that you were at the highest level of tomato processing? You were tomato number one. We are the best. Or were, were the higher tiers number of tomato number two, number three, and so on? And you were, in fact, at the lowest level of tomato processing there is. No. Oh, sure. No, that, that's a great question. So uh, tomato number one meant that my boss was the biggest asshole in the world of tomatoes. Got it. Um, yeah. So this guy named <laughs> Bobby McIntyre. He looked like mm-hmm. a redneck Santa Claus. Uh, and so like there was a Batman, like happy meal promotion at McDonald's and they bought their mm-hmm. tomatoes from this terrible sure. company. And he did, would, did his face would, ironically turn bright red when he was angry and get, you know, yeah, yeah, up yeah, as he got angry, his face got redder and his neck got paler. Uh, <laughs> it was a thing to behold. That's hilarious. Uh, like there could only be so much red in his body and it just migrated up and down. Compton, we have so much in common. I, I played uh, tomato number one. We okay. did the four food groups in fourth grade uh, for a science fair, and I was tomato number one. Dude, it's so weird. Our lives are so parallel. Oh, it's amazing. This no wonder we all came together. This was David Mammoth's uh, four food groups. <laughs> when I thought of tomato one, I, I, I immediately equated to like an improv class. Like, guys, welcome to tomato one. Okay, it's going to be the world <laughs> of possibilities that you can use with tomato. Okay, so you just say tomato and, and whatever you add to it will work because it's a tomato okay so like tomato and sausage boom it's italian done right and then like level two is like character and game like things you can do with the tomato you know all of a sudden uh it it becomes a living breathing thing what's what's level three like uh all of a sudden you start doing heralds within the tomato you see how it's it's circular so you start at one end you end at the other end level four is what advanced tomatoing all of a sudden, it's not just one whole tomato. It's sliced, it's cubed, it's pressed, it's crushed, it's pureed. And then you get to your your tomato class show where everyone's throwing <laughs> live tomatoes, real tomatoes at your face. And the way they throw it, that's forms. Different forms. Yes. 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 <laughs> that's, 
So you get the side on oh. tomato toss. You got to watch out for that. Getting real, uh, real insight on the improv talk here. Very uh, saucy. Hey, I think we've got a, uh, we've got, uh, some ads this week. I know Michael Hyman left us with another ad, which again, kudos to him when he's not here. He, he brings, uh, brings the heat with, uh, with the ads, no matter what. Um, I think Chris Compton has that ad copy. Is that correct? Uh, that is correct. All right. Uh, so this is, uh, this is a new, uh, new sponsor we have, uh, on board and, and I, look, I don't want to, I don't want to <laughs> talk shit about our other sponsors. Um, but the truth is, the reason we've had bad sponsors is that we've been appealing to a lower class. Of people. Mm. Uh, I, I don't want to sound, I don't want to sound uh, like I'm, I, I don't want to sound like I'm talking down to anybody. Um, but many of, many of those sponsors just were not worth living. So what we did was we decided it was time to, time to trade on. All right. We're, we're getting rid of a lot of those like, riffraff sponsors and bringing in some of the <laughs> uh so i got one right here uh that uh yeah I, th- I think it's something we're all going to enjoy hearing we may not ever get to experience uh but 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 i, I think we're gonna like it great all right uh let me just uh, hit play <laughs> on on this uh comes in a hologram by the way but you, you know you see it uh let's get a plug in <laughs> Good morning. You've got a big day ahead of you. Lunch with Jeff Bezos, racquetball with the governor, and for dinner, you and your skull and bones brothers will... (laughs) Sorry, I've said too much. But in between all that, you've got to run a Fortune 500 company, and those wages aren't going to slash themselves. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. It's the CEO of meals. It's the you of meals. You are the best, and you are entitled to the best. Here at the 1% Bakery, we've got pastries handcrafted to help you take what you deserve out of life. Made from the finest ingredients our unpaid interns can find, they're filled with delicious vitamins and nutrients you need to cut healthcare benefits from thousands and thousands of families and children. We use trickle-down frosting. It's one of the best possible (laughs) ingredients they have. It's frosting that you eat, and then we move on. And next, we've got an offshore bake account. So that's right, you eat it, but the fat never goes into your body. It goes away and lets somebody else deal with it. All right, here at the 1% Bakery, we're about giving you what (laughs) you deserve and what you deserve is everything and if you like that if you like our triple our trickle down frosting if you like our offshore bake account well then why don't you have one of grandma's old-fashioned apple pies that's right it is made <laughs> in an old-fashioned house we took from someone's grandma and what's it made out of well i'll tell you the secret ingredient we have here at the one percent bakery like any business, it's not about money. It's not about big expenses. It's not about big flashy buildings. It's about people. And the secret ingredient in our pastries is people. Poor <laughs> people. Because you know what? There's nothing that tastes better than the tears of the poor, unless it's the tears of the poor sauteed in garlic and rolled and layer after layer after layer of croissant. 
So, guess what? You don't need me to tell you this, because you know it. Because you're so good, if you know something, it's the truth. Hunger is for the poor. And you're not poor. Otherwise, you wouldn't have this holograph radio. The 1% Baker. Wow. You really trade up, guys. That's fantastic. I love yeah. that our listener base has expanded See? into the one percenters. That's, That's amazing. Trick. You just need one listener if it's the right listener. Hi, we love you, and we will do anything you need to maintain your lifestyle. Yeah, Twice. and they, they, they said that uh, they would cut us a check for this advertisement uh, after it aired, too. Uh, but I, I expect they'll they'll make good on it. I yeah. Mean, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. No. 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 They they, they said they would send it to my MySpace account. Uh, it said don't cash till twenty sixty five. So okay. Oh, well, man, with interest, this thing's going to be something great. Something to look forward to. I, it, it, I assume it's accruing interest in uh, whatever uh, ah, whatever country yeah. it's it's stored in. Yeah, absolutely. I. I. However, sorry. I just. I. 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 I, I can't listen to a Chris Compton like monologue or anytime he, he goes long distance without hearing him at the end going there's bugs on me uh, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> yeah it's maybe it's true so, of this of this bakery uh, it's still one of my favorite ads it's still right, for first head. episode of, of it's this so year yes classic uh, yeah I, I didn't go with my with my go-to scream your way out of a sketch uh, <laughs> i hope you see that today that's what uh, I'm teaching in my one in my 101 class. Yes. Uh, as someone who rode the bus for 10 years in Los Angeles, scream your way out of it is a very effective strategy. This is true. <laughs> this, I, I've seen it countless times, uh, virtually every time I'm on public transit. Uh, I think we've got another advertisement this week, too, which is always nice when we get more than one. Uh, we'll really uh, pulls in those those big bucks to keep this show on the air or yeah, whatever. Man. The, 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 the data streams, the uh, the inner tubes. Uh, Sean Michael, I think you have this one for us. Yeah. Um, you, as you know, uh, a lot of the uh, places, a lot of venues were opening up. So exciting. And uh, someone from the I don't I don't know this cat, but someone from the improv community um, reached out and uh has a new workshop opening up Ooh. oh and, shit. um i have not i have not listened to his ad yet but i mean i dude comes up to me and says hey i have to, what i how am i not going to yes and that how right. the community that? you got to support the community so um this is on an eight track which is weird but uh vintage roll with it let me uh let me slide this in and let's give it a listen great <laughs> Have uh, people said your improv is shitty and problematic? Have people said that you are shitty and problematic? Bro, yeah, me too, hashtagging that up. I'm not a fan of this new accountability, so check it out. I did something about it. I created my own improv workshop. Improv for alphas, yeah. Yeah, people say to be a good improviser, you gotta be a good person. Bro, what? <laughs> since, <laughs> since you're the best person you know, my goal is to make sure everyone knows that. By saying that. <laughs> by saying that through improv. Alpha improv. I take what makes you alpha and I heighten your alphaness. Don't trust teachers and coaches who give you notes. Don't trust <laughs> beta cuck teammates who, who say you need to talk less and listen more. What? Definitely don't trust your gut and commit to the moment because 
Uh, ironic detachment and going blue is where it's at. Bro, I trust in the fact that I can single-handedly make your improv art. <laughs> you don't need teamwork. You need tapping into your alphaness work. All the best moments of my improv experience were the jokes that I made about <laughs> my dick and how rad it is. When done alpha, improv isn't just art. It's like really cool art. <laughs> Mo mostly penis-centric. Uh, in my improv workshop, Improv for Alphas, I obviously cover heightening your inner alpha, but I also cover <laughs> how to shine your own alpha light onto your teammates, which will then reflect back to you like little moons to your sun, revolving around your alpha rays, raining your own genius and the focus back on you. In my improv workshop, Improv for Alphas, I cover the basics of alpha improv in this new accountability world. Don't be put off by this whole inclusivity thing. I got you, bro. I talk about team construction and how your team cannot be problematic with females. If you don't have females on your team in the first place, you know, the way God intended. Diversity is not an issue because, bro, I teach broad accent work. I mean, everybody <laughs> who grew up in the Eisenhower administration, they would call them, like, authentic. I cover everything from the Asians to the Zimbabweans. <laughs> it's almost like you have some of those people on your team. But don't even trip, bro. There's no face makeup or culture war in his costumes because it's improv. But using my broad accent work, you'll totally see those things in your mind's eye. <laughs> my improv workshop is chock full of alpha nuggets. Like, Ugh. learn how to make what you do more meaningful than what they do. Make it all about you. Learn show theory to prove why your idea is actually the best. <laughs> All this is in my improv workshop. Improv for alphas. I know improv can be silly and fun, but not when it's improv for alphas. Your alphaness is artfulness. <laughs> in my workshop, you will you will not only learn to dominate every scene, you'll turn every walk on into a stay on. <laughs> Stay on's funny because it sounds like hard on. <laughs> Penis. God. Bro, trust me. I was the only improviser who had notes for my teachers and coaches. I was the only improviser who created his own night of improv and then played in every single show. I was the only improviser who bailed on his own show last minute to prove a point to the team and show them all. If you want to improvise like the alpha that you are, pay for my workshop, take my workshop, improv for alphas. It's, it's like you're not even doing improv. This is, this is my improv workshop where flannel is a badge of honor. Improv 
for assholes. I mean, uh, improv <laughs> for alphas. I, uh, wow. I, I hadn't heard of that workshop before, but I know I've played with a lot of alums from it. I, I did not, I did not preview that, as you guys can probably tell. Fucking sign me up. I love this guy. I mean, seriously, like that's the kind of attitude because I, I, I hadn't realized what a beta cuck improviser I've been <laughs> until I heard uh, uh, that guy shout into my face uh, that fact. And I, I, I feel terrible about myself now. Flannel as war paint. Yes. I, I really appreciate like how um, he really drew me in by the familiar um, ties of calling me his brother. Or bro, yes. I guess he would have actually said. Um, hey, brah. Yeah. I really felt like he was speaking right to my heart. I, I think the one downside to his his product is why should I take his workshop here when I could take it at any one of the improv theaters that he runs, <laughs> being all of the improv theaters? Uh, I, I, I hmm. come on, uh, a walk on into a stay on? Like, I think we all need that in our artillery. I just uh like that i representation matters and i'm yeah. <laughs> so glad i finally see an improviser like myself justifying my choices absolutely <laughs> we can all be representative and like as as we saw um like massive sexual harassment scandal after sexual harassment yeah. scandal taking down uh, douchebag guru improv teachers uh, around the country. My favorite thing was seeing someone I know go, well, if that happened to that guy who assaulted all those people, it can happen to anybody. And you're like, <laughs> I know. Right. It's so, what you it's think so anybody wild, right? is was yeah. just clarified. Yep. It's yep. just, it's yeah, because it's the same, like, you don't, no one ever sees a uh like any of the famous serial killers uh you know people weren't going around like man if guys just just lose just one misstep right they could suddenly become a serial killer right yeah if they if they arrest him for eating people what are they gonna arrest me for eating hamburgers yeah guys this is a slippery i mean this this crew was just popped out of nowhere for assassinating the haitian president and like, what's to say that our improv group isn't next? Yeah, totally it's, agree. It's, we live in scary times. Yeah, scary times. <laughs> what do you think their comfort art was? <laughs> I think I bet with, there was an argument. I, I'm trying to remember which uh, major meltdown it was, but it was, and yeah. I, I think this was a corporate one. But somebody actually saying, you know, like if this guy who had mentored these women and assaulted them, if now men are going to be afraid to mentor women in the workplace. And it's like, well, men who want to assault the women they mentor mm -hmm. are going sure. to be afraid to mentor women in the workplace. And that is a very good thing. Yes. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's, let's take this back a step. Uh, pivot. Chris Sanders. Pivot. Pivot. Yes. Yeah. Now I got nothing there. Uh, segues not not always working. Uh, Chris Sanders, how about you? Do you have one of those uh those comfort art things that thing you return to? I mean, and you can anybody feel free to stretch this if this puts you in a different territory. But that thing that you keep returning to instead of the new thing, what do you what, what is that for you? 
I, no. Yeah. Yes. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Just uh, constantly seeking the new. Uh, no. I mean, I have days that I really want to try something new, but then I also have the days where uh, life is the worst, and what's the fucking point of all this? Mm-hmm. Uh. And I would say that the frequency of those days shot up quite dramatically over the past, like, uh, 18 months or so. Um, What an interesting time period. Anyways, I mean, I go back to some video games, but not like, you know, I've got a, a couple games I've played a few times through, but not, you know, I don't have like one I was going back to. Same with movies. I think I agree with, uh, with Compton um, with the idea of like even movies that I've just loved so much that like if I do come across it, if I were flipping channels, which isn't something I even really have done in a long time, but if I were and I came across it, um, I'd still watch it and be entertained by it, but I have no need to see it. I have no need to own a DVD anymore or a digital copy of it to like have it on hand because I get a hankering because I don't get hankerings anymore for it. So, you know, I'm just here to smoke weed. Um, <laughs> have a good time Sorry. and hit dingers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny that, that uh, some of these love answers you, have Chris come Sanders. up because I love you. like I started this question because it seems to be such a universal thing that people have these. And like, I had the example of a game that I've played a bunch of times. Um, but I feel like there's this cultural standard of people who talk about like when I was a kid or, you know, a teenager or whatever, I watched that movie every single day. Um, or, you know, so they can quote certain films or certain things just from the back of their, their minds, just instantly like that. And maybe it is the ADHD thing for me or whatever, but I, I've never had a thing that I've ge- generally done that many times. Super. Hey, Sonic. You put us on again. You know what that means, right? What? Our boy's depressed. He only puts Sonic and Knuckles on when he's in a when he's feeling low. Don't you notice the pattern every single time? You no, you are right. You're. Uh, I am right. I know. Just just to clarify. I'm I'm Sonic the I'm I'm the video game character Sonic the you're, Hedgehog. You're Sonic. But- I'm I'm tail. You're a human I'm man. Your buddy. I got it. No, cool. Yeah, no, I just, it's okay. It's weird. Uh, if you I look just, across you know, the screen, you'll see breaking the fourth Jet wall of the video game screen yeah. is just a very jarring experience for video game characters. Yeah. We've done this. It's we've done this a like bunch a of times, Sonic. Come no, on, I know, like, but I'm just. Uh, we can't have. Hey guys, we can't have any rehashes every time. Sonic, tails. My I'm sorry. It's getting awkward for me at this point because the reason I turn this on is to be able to just relive the same levels like the green hill zone over and over again uh, and be sure. comfortable but every time i turn you on lately you guys do this whole banter thing and like, oh, i don't know banter okay okay yeah this okay. isn't this is more about the mental health of me yeah like, i'm the one running those levels all the time okay and then whoa and then he loves to whoa. just take me out of my existence and Whoa. merge uh-huh. with another sure. universe. And all uh-huh. I'm saying is it's a little bit jarring. I know okay, I'm the fastest being in my universe, but my universe is pretty small. So are you, are you trying yours. to tell me that right now as the player that 
my actions are irrelevant because you're the one running the level and I'm just hitting buttons mindlessly and it has no impact on on you or the world or my life and well, I'm just Jet, reliving Jet, the same moments this. over and over again doing nothing? Jet, let me tell you this. When you're watching Sonic run and he falls off the screen and I pick him up to save his life, yes, I save your life, Sonic. Are you doing that or is it somebody else doing that? It's not you. It's no, because I'm, I, I, I'm player one, so I'm controlling Sonic. Yeah. And I understand that concept. But I feel like Sonic here is taking the credit for all the work that I thought I was doing. Well, he's used to taking credit, isn't he? Uh, I don't I don't know why I'm, <laughs> did I did I miss something here? I mean, why I'm can you could you read the game cartridge whose whose name is on it? Says, it says Sonic. Says this Sonic. one says okay. Sonic and Knuckles. Knuckles hasn't even weighed in in this I, conversation. Yeah, I, he, he Have you even seen him today? Because usually he shows up by now at this point. So why even bother? There he is. There he is. You yeah. had to bring him out. Didn't you? Oh, we back again. Uh, we're just grabbing rings. Yeah, no, I just real quick. Uh, they 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 merged us into their universe, so like our our world is not the only world. There's kind of a multiverse situation, so this yep. is a little weird. But oh, Jesus Christ! Like now. one world wasn't bad enough. Anyways, uh, okay, all right. Look, I, this, this was supposed to be my pick me up. This is my comfort time right oh, now. Sorry. I'm sorry but our there's, lives there's didn't a, pick you up. There's an existential argument going on about who's controlling what in our world, right? It's our game, and we're the ones making choices. He's I mean, all I, pissy because he thinks, he thought this whole time, you know, him pushing buttons and stuff is making us do things, and he has free will and whatnot. And, uh, Dude, okay, but I'm, do you I, control I, anything you else say, in your life? Why would it start here? Oh, good one. Huh? You say your, your game, uh, but come on, guys. I'm the one who spent all the time uh, downloading the illegal ROM off the internet, loading it into my emulator on my computer, and running the existential and Wii mod pack for it. So, like, is it not my game, too? whoa. All right, look. You've already rocked our world once enough today. Now you're also telling me we're not even original Genesis versions. We're pirated? I thought we were OEM parts. Do people work hard to make us? Yeah. No, this is this is an emulator running on my Windows 10 computer. I mean, oh, you guys shit. are not have... even running at official frame rate. The frame rate's been upped. Guys. It's widescreen. Do you guys no, no, think no, no, you were no. originally uh, in widescreen? No, no, guys. I have three tails. I I have three tails. The, I, I'm not OEM. I could I give have, you I two extra tails, tails if you wanted. There's a no. mod for that. Uh, God, Dude, no, I, don't mod me. You're gonna mod me? No, no. Oh. You, okay. you you want us to sympathize with your shitty day when I just found out that I am somebody's world's most boring crime? Jesus fucking Christ. Wow. Hey, I'm okay. like a All shoe right. you jaywalked with. What the fuck is that? How am I supposed to sympathize with you? Knuckles is a ferret. I think he's normally an echidna, but in this case, yes, I did apply the ferret mod for Knuckles. Um, I think it's a good look on him, honestly. Why? They're slinky, they're cute, you know, they always think they can fly, but they can't. They jump off of high ledges and then just plummet like a cartoon character in what real life. What kind of cheap-ass Dr. Moreau are you? Thank you. Amen. Hi, bud. Knock, I feel like we've made a little bit of a breakthrough here on your depression lately. Yeah, I, you know what? That Like, depression? I'm moving backwards through the seven steps. Like I, I, I was in you know? depression, 
I'm Anger. I'm going to be bargaining soon, but this is a sweet spot I'm in right now. This is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. This is fantastic. Glad I could help you guys get a breakthrough here. Again, I'm glad you I, fucking I just helped this... us do one thing. Ow. Uh, I, uh, I, I'm sorry. I, I didn't realize that my uh, my efforts to, to, to kind of heal myself mentally were having such a, a negative effect on, on three of you. Um, I feel bad. I feel bad now. Uh, Look, man. Maybe try maybe try a different ROM, okay? Yeah. Maybe try a different ROM. We're, obviously, we're working on stuff. We're all yeah. working on stuff. Maybe you want to maybe you want to just let us back into our universe, kind of close the hole that yep. you created, and maybe you, you know what you know what you can play us if you want, and uh, we'll we will total control is in your hands or fingers or. Like, I don't know how you people yeah. play these things or think you play them, but just, yeah, whatever. You got total you know control. Or you play I'm, a different uh, thing, or you play something else. Cause, uh, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. You know, honestly, I uh, I didn't really grow up with Sega. This wasn't my thing. That's part of why I did the piracy thing, was so I could kind of step into oh. this uh, this world a little bit. I've always been more of a Nintendo guy anyway. I'm going to shut off the, the, the Sega Genesis emulator, and you guys can... Uh, Go offline and let, well, you know, Mario, you know, Mario and Luigi always gave me the comfort I needed uh, without any of this uh, this extra lip here. I know Sega always had the extra attitude, and I see exactly where that's uh, that's playing out right now. Hey, 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 you ever pull Mario out of his world? Hmm? No, not, not that I'm aware of. Yeah, okay. Well, maybe you should try, try doing this to Mario, okay? Yeah. Try doing this to the OG, okay? Hey, uh, Mario. I just, uh, I'm just uh, saying, maybe you let uh, Ami go through the pipes first uh, this time. Luigi, look, does it even really a matter? You will go through the pipes. I will go through the pipes. It does. Both of us mm-hmm. go through all the pipes and wind up in the same place. It does a matter because every time you jump through a pipes, you get all the uh, coins. And then when I jump through all the uh, pipes, there's no uh, coins for uh, Luigi. Luigi, wealth is a fleeting. We have uh, the coins, but mm-hmm. do we spend uh, them on anything? I don't, hey guys. I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw Wario in here right now no, because no, no, Wario's not, all that, about the money, and he's gonna grab all of those coins. A Wario is an uh, asshole. Please don't uh, do that, uh, player one. Look, I mean, I downloaded the mod. I went through all the effort at what this point. What is with everyone and the uh, mods? A mod? A mod. You can uh, put Wario in here if you will want. If this will provide a ray of light into your empty existence, go right ahead. We can be something to help you as you kill yourself with that Wendy's combo number of four. Thank you, Mario. This is why I always go back to Nintendo. You have a low standards. Legit. A little bit of extra fun for the uh, the people at home. Uh, <laughs> Josh and SMB are are frozen for me. How about the rest of you guys? Can you see uh, them? Is there action? Yeah, I, I mean, I can hear Josh. I can't. Really? I, can see I mean, SMB looks perfectly. super happy with every single thing I've said. Like, he is really into, uh, he thinks I'm hilarious, according to his uh, frozen video. <laughs> Josh is just not sure. He's just really unsure about this scene. Let's uh, let's let's throw this uh, Compton. I, I, I'm not sure if we got uh, I mean, the, the beauty of the way these questions get asked is people answer them via their own special ways before they've ever been asked. But uh, I'm not sure if we got a full answer out of you. Is there something that is your comfort art? Um, well, I like, like I feel like I tend to like 
hyper zoom in on things uh like in the like most like completely anxiety filled days of the pandemic uh one thing i would do is watch the first like four minutes of the first episode of the good place was essentially just seeing the door open and uh uh michael saying eleanor come on in and that like i need like a a comforting god face welcoming me in the door and that was all i needed uh, I watched the first 20 minutes of Blade uh, way too many times. Um, but, but actually, what it makes me think of is I have a five-year-old. And so, like, that idea of, like, the comfort blanket thing is, like, that's everything for her. Oh, yeah. Like, just, like, the, you know, the, the story that she's heard 10,000 times and will correct me on. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and so, like, but what is, what's interesting is seeing her, like, kind of, like, like gingerly branch out. Um, and she has a fucking insane memory so that she will then like reenact things she's heard once now, like the entire riddle, um, uh, Gollum riddle scene from the Hobbit, uh, <laughs> which we listened to. There's a great, um, Nicole Williamson, uh, reading of the Hobbit on Spotify. If you want to nerd out like that, we've been listening to that in the car. And then at the dinner table and she you know immediately goes into a golem voice no uh, way and goes like That's all awesome. the way through this like scene and this is like a thing i listened to when i was a kid so it is this weird doubling up of like me at like yes. eight years old uh hearing her do her impression of a british guy doing his impression of a weird fantasy monster beast um, but, but it's, but it's new for her. Like, you know, it's not just this one book over and over again. It's not yeah. like the same episode of Paw Patrol over again. And spoiler alert, they're all the same episode of Paw Patrol. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, like, it, like, it's interesting watching her, like, just start at that default of like, everything is just this comfort media and slowly put one hand out here, one hand out there and try new things. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's amazing uh, to watch kids uh, repeat certain elements of uh, of your own steps. I mean, obviously, they they so often uh, and wonderfully gravitate off into their own worlds and their own connections and their own things they love. But every once in a while, you find that little thing that you introduce them to and they connect with it that same way. My uh, my kids, uh, we've been watching Doctor Who. For, the, for several years now, uh, we finally narrowed in on Wednesday nights as Doctor Who night and they 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 love it. Um, but like the extra level of me recognizing how much they connected with it uh, was that my son plays uh, Minecraft with his friends online and they have a Doctor Who mod that they play in and they 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 you know spend all this time in the in the TARDIS and do all these Doctor Who related things and like I didn't introduce him to that that mod he found that on his own and his he and his friends are totally into it and it's like this is fantastic that like this resonated enough with you that you are doing this entirely separate from me and this is a level of of Doctor Who fandom even I'm not involved in and that's that's just really exciting to me. There's like a part of me that sees my kid doing things like that I did when I was a kid. Like, yeah, but there's another part of me that is like, I'm watching a horror movie and somebody should walk upstairs. Like, <laughs> no, don't do it. Don't, it's not worth it. Don't do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, the fear of uh, repeating your parents' mistakes. <laughs> I have a fear of when I 
when my son is actually old enough to start consuming uh, the the nerdy things that I would like him to at least try to see if he does like the same stuff I like. Mm. I'm afraid mm-hmm. that by the time he does get that old enough, like they aren't going to hold up for him. Yep. And he's two movies into the MCU. He's just going to be like, this is garbage. <laughs> like why why should i watch the first 10 years of the mcu like i'm on year t- i'm on year 30 right now yeah yeah well they and the mcu's and these special effects are terrible <laughs> it's gotten so big that i've reached the point where i'm pretty sure i can never rewatch all of it i there's no way i'll have the time i i've done it before and i did it with the kids when they moved in with me and we were getting ready for whatever uh, Avengers film was coming out then and so we really made the effort to watch through every single one and so now we all have seen every single one through this point um, but yeah I don't think I will ever have time especially now if the Disney Plus shows in there as well to ever be able to rewatch all of it it's just it's not possible but but I do like I there's a part of me that really likes the idea of like the things that I'm so emotionally invested in my kid looking at it like I like the you know the, the my kid looking at uh like a Pixies album or like you know yeah. Minor Threat or some like I'm crazy just punk this band yeah go 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 and like looking at it like it was the uh, Barbra Streisand and Barry Gibb album that was on my parents' record shelf. <laughs> uh, I'm just like oh Jesus Christ! Like, Chris Compton is scared of the day that like Charlotte comes up to him and he's like the Beatles. Why did he want to hold her hand? Oh, this no. makes no sense. <laughs> I mean, like that's not going to happen because she once stumped a street musician on Beatles songs. <laughs> oh, that's amazing! That's great. Yeah, comes up, was like, "Hey," she was wearing like a yellow submarine shirt. She's like, "Hey, what's your favorite Beatles song?" And she says, uh, "I feel fine," which is like a non-album single. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! And he's like, uh, "Hey, Jude." Uh, <laughs> But but no, like I I am I am excited for the day that she tells me that like the stuff that I think is like the most punk rock thing in the world is like oh that is minivan garbage like oh that is great that is like oh you have like double nickels on the dime my ass <laughs> yeah yeah you have been promoted to adult uh, like I would be nothing if I like believe that culture had <laughs> culture had reached that. It's peak at the same time that like two guys, a girl and a pizza place was on. Uh, like, <laughs> like we are not the the apex of civilization. And on the idea of the art we love not no. aging well and our kids no. not appreciating it. We end this episode no. of the Super Legit podcast, Why? which will live on forever as perfect <laughs> art. <laughs> That every oh. future generation will respect. I had the best scene. No. And appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> it was gonna be. <laughs> oh, the, uh, we can't see him put his hand in front of the camera. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I yeah. did it like eight times. No one saw it. No, nobody yeah, we, knows. We established this. No one can see your face. No. I, now I have to leave in that conversation about it so everyone knows what we're talking about. <laughs> right. uh, I yeah, want to. Uh, Josh, thank- the audience can't see your face right now. So, so, <laughs> so we cut back to the to the wedding chapel. I want to thank Matt and the, Walker and the son as always to his for his intro and outro music. It's so vows. good. It really and makes the uh, the tone the of the show. Thing. You can find uh, link to his, his website in the show notes. So, am I frozen or am I just not here as well? I want to uh, I send a quick <laughs> reminder to uh, all of our frozen. listeners. You're doing fine. Uh, you <laughs> us to the back on your podcast uh, platform of choice. Subscribe if you're not already subscribed. 
and tell your friends together. about how good and this the show is. If you think it's bad, that's fine. Tell them that too, because at least like, you'll be talking, talking about our show to people, and that's all we really care about is that hey, people recognize should, our existence. I, I gotta say, these alpha improv scenes are fucking awesome. <laughs> Hey, though, Jet, for real, should I start recording? Yeah, that's it for this episode of Super Legit, so you should start recording now. I don't believe anything's on Oh, my time I kick the door On its hinges Just so I can move on Oh, that was fun, though, still. Um, so, yeah, we're going to have to Did you experiment a bit with these technology back your bile for a minute? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Even wow. saying that, I made myself sick. With, that's the tag at the end of the show, right? <laughs> that was fun. Oh.